So the other week, we asked you all to leave a voicemail sharing a financial decision you've hidden from a significant other. And y'all came through. I've been married almost 20 years, and I've kept one pretty big financial secret from my husband. For 20 years, this one listener says she's been hiding a college fund that her parents set up for their children. She's kept it from her husband because his parents ask for money all the time. And my husband feels guilty, really guilty, saying no. If he ever asks how much money we have saved, I'll tell him. But till then, she says it's just easier to keep it a secret. Because it's not our money. It's a gift from my parents to their grandkids. We'll see how it goes next year when our oldest starts college. But that's the secret I've had to keep for a while. And it's not just her. Turns out many of you are hiding some financial information. From smaller expenses... I once got a parking ticket, and I didn't really want to deal with my partner, you know, <laughs> feeling unhappy about it. So I just asked my friend to pay it with her card and pay her the money. To some bigger things... My wife thinks we have far less money than we actually do in the account. My husband and I don't necessarily see eye to eye politically 100%. So I recently hid uh, the fact that I donated to a couple of campaigns. I have racked up over $20,000 in debt in secret from my husband. Um, we don't ever talk about finances, ever. I'm Rima Grace, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. It can be hard to talk about money, especially in your most intimate relationships. But when you hide things like a bank account or debt or purchases, there's actually a term for that. It's called financial infidelity. And it is way more common than you'd think. A poll from a couple years back found that more than 40% of Americans have hidden some kind of financial decision from their partners. And even if it doesn't always involve a lot of money, the emotional impact, well, that can be huge. So this week, we really wanted to hear about a relationship that had to navigate financial infidelity and what happens after it comes to light. Which brings us to Jordan Rosenfeld's story. It was the summer of 1999. Jordan was less than a month away from her wedding. And she remembers one day sitting on the couch when her fiancé, Eric, comes home from work. I was probably watching, like, X-Files reruns or something. And he came in the front door, and it was like a usual night. How are you? Love you. Happy to see each other. And he's like, oh my god, I have to tell you something about, you know, this coworker of mine. He tells her his coworker's wife apparently hid credit card debt from him. She had like $7,000 he didn't know about. And Eric is like, can you believe hiding $7,000 in debt from your partner like that? He was sharing it thinking like we were both going to go like, oh, whoa, together, you know, be shocked and awed together. It was gossip. And Jordan just nods along. But inside, she freezes. It really felt like something dropped heavily into my stomach. I knew in that moment... I could not keep this secret any longer and live with myself. And I said, um, well, I need to tell you something. Something she'd been keeping secret for the last four years. And so I said, well, I, I also have debt that I haven't told you about. Eric tensed up. I remember his like whole face changed. 
I could just feel, you know, like all the happy-go-lucky and happy-to-see-you-after-work vibe was gone. You know, and I knew it was touching a hot button for him because he's very clean with money. Jordan says that when she met Eric, he was the kind of guy who sat down and balanced his checkbook at the end of every month. He rarely bought things he didn't need and hardly used his credit card. Being quote-unquote clean with money was important to him because it was the difference between having security and not having it. And that's when he asks her, well, how much is it? And I said, I don't know. But I have all the statements in my closet. <laughs> and he he just like, I, he probably put a hand to his face and rubbed his forehead. And, and he said, go, can we go get them and, and add them up right now? Like he needed to know right then. She goes to the bedroom, opens her closet, and pulls out a manila folder from a small filing cabinet. It was full of credit card statements she'd been saving and avoiding. By the time she got to the kitchen, Eric was already there. He pulled out a calculator. It was quiet. It was heavy. I was on the verge of tears the whole time. I can still feel the shame now when I talk about it, to be honest. It makes me want to cry a little. They sat there and together added up all the statements. It ended up being about $14,000. Okay. And how, did it, how did it feel seeing that number? Like, well, the first feeling I had was seeing it through his eyes, so I knew he felt horrified, and so then I felt ashamed and horrified. But there was also kind of a relief in knowing the truth, you know? Like, here it is. You can't hide from it. But that truth did not sit well with her fiancé. I felt in that moment like I was risking our potential marriage, honestly. For Jordan, the money issues started early. Growing up, her mom struggled with substance abuse, and her dad sold pot to make ends meet. As a kid, she didn't really have a model for how to manage finances. And even talking about money felt taboo. Because to talk about money was to talk about the ways in which my mother wasn't being successful at it. And with my father, it was, of course, to ine inevitably have the conversation about how he was earning it, which mm -hmm. I was not supposed to talk about. Still, Jordan remembers picking up on clues about how money was being handled. Like there was the corner in her dad's house where he would stockpile cash next to the marijuana plants. And did you keep secrets at all from your friends about what your parents were doing? Oh, yes. Hmm. I had to because my father, he made it pretty clear that he could go to prison. In fact, if there was any context in which it came up, I was supposed to describe the pot as tomato plants. So from the very beginning, money meant one thing. Shame. Feeling ashamed because I wasn't rich like my friends, whether it was feeling ashamed because my mother never had any, or whether it was ashamed because my father was doing something illegal. Mm -hmm. um, there was just shame left and right. That shame would stay with her for a long time. As she grew older, her self-esteem shrunk. In college, she ended up in a relationship with a guy who controlled every aspect of her life, down to what clothes she wore. She had no financial autonomy, in part because she didn't think she was capable of it. He would berate her if she spent money without his permission. They were already engaged when she finally found the courage to end the relationship. And it's in the aftermath of that breakup that Jordan takes out her very first credit card. It felt, at first, exhilarating, I, I can remember, like, you know, opening my mail, and in my mind, that card was silver. It was like a gleaming <laughs> silver beacon of freedom, you know. It's almost like I knew I was going to go into debt, <laughs> you know, the minute I had it, and it was like like a high, almost. Like, 
This is so exciting. This is so dangerous. And it came at a cost she never expected. That's coming up after the break. After she got that credit card, Jordan began buying. Of course, she got necessities like groceries and stuff for the house. But then she also got things she didn't need, things she wasn't allowed to have in her last relationship. So I just started, you know, buying clothes that felt like me. It was like I was re-putting on my skin or something. I felt entitled to spend money as I wished. That same year, she took out two more credit cards. I treated them like cash. Uh, I don't even think I looked at my statements except to see how much the minimum balance was that month. It was just like a someday thing. Oh, you just pay your credit cards off someday. At the time, she was working as an office assistant, making seven or eight dollars an hour. And even though sometimes she could have paid more than the minimum balances, she figured she'd just save what money she had. So each month, she'd tuck away the statements in that cabinet in her closet. And it was right about then, as her debt was quietly mounting, when she met Eric. She was 21, working at a bookstore, when he also got a job there. Right away, she noticed his long red hair. He only ever wore it in a ponytail, which drove me nuts because it was so beautiful. They started dating, and Jordan could tell this was going to be different than her last relationship. Eric did not tell her how to spend her money or what clothes to wear. With him, she felt seen and heard as an equal. Like, they could talk to each other about anything. We could communicate through problems that came up between us instead of the, just there being, like, a brooding silence or something. It was rare for Eric to show anger at all. So that's why three years later, after Jordan revealed her debt, his reaction made her feel like she'd really screwed up. I thought this could be a deal-breaker for him. For him, debt represented something. Like, it wasn't just money. It was a sense of, like, your sense of security in the world, which was, like, all he had from the family he came out of. He didn't have his family's support in any financial way, or really in any emotional way either. Eric didn't want to talk for this story, but Jordan says she could tell his reaction came from a place of needing to protect himself, especially after the insecurity he'd experienced as a kid. He was always self-sufficient and supported himself through college. So she felt like her credit card debt changed who she was in his eyes. Like, maybe it made him wonder, is she going to be like this for our whole marriage? Are we just too different when it comes to money? That day on the couch, Jordan remembers taking in his reaction. He said something like, um, you know, debt is like living in the past. And you can't move into the future if you are living in the past. And what did your debt represent to you? Mm. To me, it represented, like, my failure to be honest, my failure to take care of myself as an adult in the world. Um, it represented failure on every front. I felt pretty, like, I was, like, awaiting punishment. And at that point, like, did a part of you f feel like you deserve that punishment? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. I felt I felt very much like I deserved to be punished. And what happened next felt like a punch to the gut. He said, I am grateful that you were honest with me. Mm. And I know it was hard for you. 
but you know, I just feel like I feel like we should think about just having the ceremony, but not legally getting married until um, until you've paid off your debt. Eric wasn't ready to link their financial futures. To Jordan, it felt like he'd put one foot out the door. It wasn't like asking my opinion, really. He was saying, I think this is what we should probably do. You know, like, I didn't feel like I could argue with him because I was the one with the debt. And I was the one with the secret. For the next few days, things felt tense between her and Eric. She felt like she was walking on eggshells around him, afraid to make light conversation. And his body language said it all. He was upset. Because she says, for him, it didn't seem to be just about the debt, but about their trust and how she fractured it by keeping something from him. She remembers pulling him aside a couple days later. And I remember saying to him, like, I understand you're angry and you have legitimate reason to be angry and hurt, but, like, I can't live with you not talking to me. And so he kind of softened a little bit there and was like, I know, you know, he's like, you know, this just pushes all my buttons about security. Um, and it makes me worried about, like, being responsible for your debt legally as we get married. To be honest, I'm not sure what I'd do if I found out my fiancé had hidden $14,000 in credit card debt from me. But it would make me anxious and doubtful about how solid we really are as communicators. For Jordan, she was afraid she'd crossed a red line. So right away, she called up a debt consolidation company, eager to reassure him that she'd get things under control. Meanwhile... Their wedding ceremony was a month away. We were just kind of limping along. They'd planned to host the ceremony in their family's backyard. Days before the wedding, they drove to meet with the Buddhist priest who was going to marry them to go over last-minute details. But they hadn't yet told her about holding off on the legal part. She had beautiful little teacups out, like little ceramic, you know, teacups, and she made us green tea. And she set this cozy scene, and I was feeling so raw and scared and vulnerable. Pretty quickly, they told her about, well, everything. And she, like, stops, and she looks at us, and she puts her hand on both of our hands, like, one of her hands on each of our hands, and she's like, you're joining your fates together. If, you're, if you want to join, you know, futures with this woman, then you either have to do it or don't do it. Like, there's no halfway. In that moment, Jordan looked over at Eric. I could see the the gears turning behind his eyes, information starts for him intellectually and then proceeds to his heart, and I'm the other way around. And so I think she said the words that translated from thought to heart. She spoke his language. He grabbed my hand, and he kind of pulled me closer to him, and it was like it was like the first time I'd felt close to him since I'd had that revelation. I could feel the tension leave both of our bodies in that, that room. And... Um, I felt this immense relief, but I also felt this doubt, like, um, is he really going to let it go or not? So they did get married, legally. They had a small low-key ceremony, and in the end, Jordan says Eric did let it go. Each month, she put about a few hundred dollars towards her $14,000 of debt, and anytime she made a new purchase, she immediately paid it off. Then, about three years later, she was sitting at her kitchen table. I do remember writing that final check and, like, just feeling lighthearted and um, proud of myself. And, um, you know, like, I can remember licking that envelope and sealing it up and just being like, 
this is it. You know, it's done. It's been more than 20 years since that day on the couch. And when she thinks back on it now, Jordan has a little more compassion for her younger self. Maybe I didn't deserve punishment after all. You know, I mean, it's not like I radically changed all of my view that, to that degree, but it, may, it softened the feeling I had of self-flagellation. These days, Jordan feels a lot more comfortable taking charge of her family's finances. In fact, she's the one who files the taxes every year. Still, shame has a way of sticking around, even when you've done the work to put most of it behind you. Like once I spent kind of a, more money than I would have at like TJ Maxx or something. And so he's like, oh, did you spend $150? And I was like, <laughs> I said no. Like the first word out of my mouth was no. I was like, no, I don't think that was me. And then I sat there and I was like, yes, it was. What are you doing? And the great thing is he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and it was no big deal. But I think there's still just like an old urge to hide that's in there, but I have mostly been able to overcome it. People hide money for all sorts of reasons. They're ashamed or they want to feel like they're in control or maybe they just want to be the person their partner thinks they are. And really, it's not always so much about hiding money as it is about hiding an unpolished version of ourselves. Because the way we think about and handle money, it can pull a curtain back on our secrets, like whether or not we grew up with privilege or how many zeros show up in our savings account. Money leads right to the truth about your less flattering habits and where they come from. And for Jordan, and even for Eric, it was always about more than just the debt. There's just no shame in asking for help, but for some reason when you have a secret like that, all you feel is shame. And yet it's like on the other side, you realize how much help you needed, you know? All right, that is all for this week's show. If you want to share a money secret you're holding on to or just want to let us know what you think of this episode, you can hit us up at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. Also, please sign up for our newsletter if you haven't already. This week, we have recommendations for a sad book and a scary movie, plus instructions on how to make your own standing desk. It comes out Friday morning, so you can subscribe now at marketplace.org slash newsletters. All right, This Is Uncomfortable is produced by me, Rima Hreis, Megan Dietrich, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Camila Kerwin. Our editor is Michaela Bly. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Ben Tolliday is our audio engineer. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand at Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right, I'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>